I have a question. Are you mowing in the dark? Welcome back to the Mowing in the Dark podcast. I am your host, Aaron Sutter. Thank you for tuning in to another Faith Friday episode. Guys, it has been a crazy week this week for me. Now, it's not because of lawns, because those are all burned out pretty much. I have been doing a little bit of mowing, but not much because it is so dry. We did get some rain on Monday or Sunday. I think it was Monday, but by Tuesday evening, I was already caught up on lawns. However, the the biggest problem that I'm running into is a couple weeks back, I was unhooking my trailer and I forgot to take out to unplug the seven-way plug. And so I pulled away from the trailer and when I pulled away from the trailer, the seven-way plug pulled out of the truck, but it broke one side of the mount. And so it's kind of it's kind of shaky in there and our family we're going to go on a vacation here on July 10th. And so we pull an RV when we go on a vacation. We like to camp. So we're we're going to pull an RV, but our first camping trip of the year, which is just down the road, we, we go to a campground that's really close to us, uh, partly for just, you know, a shakedown, but partly too, because we go on Memorial Day weekend, it's busy everywhere else. The campground we go to is very small, and there's hardly anyone there, but there's great fishing, and so we like to go there. So when we went there, we noticed that the trailer was not registering with the truck and it would the lights would go on intermittently along with the lights because we have a 28 foot trailer this is a pretty heavy trailer i don't have trailer brakes on the trailer either if that plug isn't working so i took the truck to the dealer this week i made an appointment took it in wednesday at 1 p.m and I thought everything was going to be good. I've had this repair done before when uh, the the plug, one of the plugs inside got rusted in the winter one time and it broke. And so I ha- I've had to get this plug replaced before. It's covered under warranty, but I have to take it to the dealer because my regular mechanic won't do it. They won't fix this type of thing, this wiring thing. So I have to take it to the dealer where I bought it. Well, it doesn't have to be where I bought it, but It just so happens that it's close to my house. So that's what I do. And so I took it in Wednesday morning. They had it until about 3.30. They called me and said, your truck is ready to be picked up. I'm like, great. This is awesome. This was a really quick fix. I'm I'm super excited about that. That. So my wife took me to the dealer and uh, I went in, talked to the guy. He said, all right, you're ready. You're all set to go. Just have it back here by 7 a.m. tomorrow. And I'm like, wait, wait a minute. I thought, so it's not fixed. Oh no, no, we had to order the part. So I was all excited, and then my hopes got dashed. And I'm like, okay, well, I understand having to order a part. So we'll be back tomorrow at 7 a.m. So you guys can get this in and get it fixed. So that's what we did. I took it. I I did some mowing that evening. 
And then I came back, I brought the truck back 7 a.m. Thursday morning, had it there. And I was like, okay, well, hopefully they'll have it done in a couple of hours. A couple of hours passes, a couple more hours pass. I call it 3.30 in the afternoon. And I say, I need an update on the truck. And he says, oh, sure, let me go, let me go find out. Well, it turns out that they sent the right part, but they sent the right plug, but they didn't send the wiring with the plug, which means they only ordered the plug. They didn't order the wiring. That's what that really means. So now they say, okay, well, you can take the truck tonight if you want. And I'm like, yes, I have to do my Thursday route still. So I had to cram that in Thursday evening, work till like 8.30 in the evening. And, and so I took the truck, did that, but they didn't reconnect the plug. So I had no trailer lights, no trailer brakes on my landscape trailer, which isn't a huge deal. It just perturbed me a little bit. So now they say, Thursday, when I pick up the truck, they say, just have the truck back here 7 a.m. so we can fix it on Friday. First thing, I'll make sure to get you in. Really sorry about this. So I take the truck, go do work. We drop it off again, 7 a.m. this morning. And I, the guy says, I already checked. We got all the parts, everything we need. We're ready to go. I said, okay, uh, I'm, I'm hoping to get this thing back soon. He's like, yep. We're going to get it in first thing this morning. So as we're pulling out, I'm very hopeful because a guy jumped in my truck and is moving it. So I'm like, okay, maybe he's putting it into the service bay. Good. Let's get this thing done so I can get my Friday route done. Well, about 930 this morning, I got a text message, just an automated text message saying, confirm your appointment for 330 Friday. I'm like, 3.30? I thought they were going to get it in first thing this morning. So now having to go back and forth, taking the truck back and forth for three days now, the, if the appointment isn't until 3.30, then that means to get my Friday route done, I need to go rent a truck because... I have to get Friday done. I can't push this work off till Saturday because I have a huge brush hogging job to do tomorrow. So I need my truck. I have to have this truck. I mean, I work with this truck. I need it, right? So either I get this truck or I need to go rent a truck. So I have a call into the dealer. They haven't called me back. I'm sure I'll have to call them again to get any kind of response. But I'm trying to confirm whether this appointment is actually at 3.30. Or if that's just an automated thing. They just stuck me in a time slot. But they actually have the truck in the service bay. They're working on it now. So I'm, I'm trying to confirm this appointment. So that has been my week. It has been a stress-filled week. Because it's just... You guys know how it is. When your vehicle goes down and you need that vehicle to make your living, it is super frustrating. And not to mention, it's super frustrating when it's such a simple little fix. Just a little fix, but they're just taking their sweet old time. 
And so my advice to any of you out there, please, if you can help it at all, don't take your vehicle to the dealer to get serviced. It's just a racket. They're, they are disorganized. I mean, maybe at least my dealer where I bought my truck, they're disorganized. They don't have their stuff together. It's just, it's really frustrating. I have a mechanic that I love to go to. He's about, I don't know, 10 miles up the road. He can get me in same day or next day. Every time I have taken a vehicle there, same day or next day, and it is fixed within two to three days, probably less. Usually it's within a day. These guys, I've had the vehicle there three separate times and they still don't have the dang thing fixed. So that's been my week. It's been, it's been just horrible. I, I had to work really late last night. I didn't even get started on my route until four yesterday. I did have to skip quite a few, but I still had to do five or six lawns and it pushed me out until 8.30 last night. So I'm just a little, uh, a little perturbed. But anyway, we're going to move forward. Today we are getting into Faith Friday. We are in the book of James. But before we go any further, let me play the show sponsor and then we'll jump right into it. As a lawn care provider, do you want to make a year-round income? Are you worried at the end of the lawn care season because you don't know how you're going to make it through the winter? Then you need to check out the 12-month contract from the Mowing in the Dark podcast. This is the same contract that Aaron uses to grow his lawn care business. This 100% editable 12-month contract template is available for only $5.99. The contract has rock-solid terms and conditions, so you are protected from all kinds of liability in lawn maintenance and snow removal. Get your 12-month contract at mowinginthedarkpodcast.com today. All right, guys, so we are jumping into James chapter 3 today. That's how we do the Faith Friday episodes here on my channel is we take a book of the Bible, we go chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Now, before we go any further, I always do a disclaimer that I am not a Bible scholar. I'm not a Bible teacher. I didn't go to Bible school. I just love the Word of God, and I like sharing it with people and just sharing what I can with you. So with that being said, I could say something wrong. Do your own homework. Do your own reading on this. Um, it's very simple. Grab your Bible. If you want, if you're at home, read along today. Or you can grab it when you get home and read it for yourself and see if if my conclusions or what I say match up with what the Word of God says. Okay? I, I, can, I am okay with being wrong as long as someone points it out to me. So if I say something you don't agree with, message me on Facebook. You can message me on Instagram. You can send me an email, lansinglawnservice at gmail.com. I would be happy to talk to you about it. All right. Without any further ado, let's jump into, jump into James chapter 3. This is a short chapter, but it is pretty profound. All right. So let's start James chapter 3, verse 1. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness, for we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to also bri to bridle his, own bo his whole body. 
if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set on fire, or set ablaze, set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, stain, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. For the same mouth, from the same mouth come blessing and cursing, my brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but it is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. And that ends chapter 3. I'm sorry for the reading mistakes there. I switched translations. Uh, I am using the ESV. I think it it brings out a little bit more clarity in James than does the NIV that I've been using. And so I switched translations. I might stick with the ESV because it is a word-for-word -word translation. The NIV is a thought-for-thought -thought translation. So the NIV is still fairly accurate. It just, it, it, it kind of, it works harder to bring out the thought. Now, I do not encourage people to buy a today's NIV. The NIV Bible that I use was published in 1984, I believe, and it's more accurate. Today's NIV, they just revised it a couple of years ago, and they've taken steps to make it more gender neutral, and I really don't like that. So I would not encourage you to buy an NIV Bible today. However, if you can get your hands on a 1984 NIV Bible, go for it. But I don't think they are publishing those any longer. So that could be hard to find. Uh, ESV is a great translation. 
Um, also, the New King James Version is a good translation. You can try that. Um, it does not have the these and the thous, but it is a word-for-word -word translation. So you can try that. All right, let's go to James chapter 3, verse 1. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. The Bible says this in several different places. I know it says it in Timothy. We have to, those who teach, I guess I would consider myself a teacher on this podcast. We get, we are going to be judged more strictly at, on the judgment day because we teach. We need to take steps to be accurate. So if you're teaching a Sunday school class at church, or you're a youth leader, or you're a worship leader, any kind of leader in the church, you will be judged on Judgment Day more strictly than those who are not leaders in the church. So you have to take that into consideration when you are living your life. It's not just about when you're teaching, it's about your entire life. God expects those who teach to live a, a, a better, what do I want to say, a more upright life. And it is a struggle. It is a struggle. Um, nobody is perfect. Not a single one. But we are, as teachers or leaders, we are to strive to be more like Christ every single day. That's why I encourage you to be in God's word every single day. I don't care if you sit down at your kitchen table and you read it every day. I don't care if you have it on an audible app and you listen to it. I don't care. Get the word into your body, into your mind. It, it will transform you. The word of God transforms. Okay. Verse two. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. So what, what James is saying here is that nobody's perfect. As we just said, nobody's perfect, for we all stumble in many ways. Not just you who are being taught stumble. No, we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, so I often say things that when I listen back to my podcast, which I listen to every episode of mine back, I just want to hear it. I want to get better. Um, and I want to hear what I say. And there's oftentimes where I don't agree with what I've said, or I think, man, I could have worded that differently or, or things like that. And so we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, so if no one stumbles in what he says, he is a perfect man. That's what James is saying. And he's saying nobody is perfect. So everybody is going to stumble. Everybody is going to say something wrong at one time or another. And not only with words, but also if he's able to, to bridle what he says, then he should also be able to bridle his whole body. And control himself, have self-control if he's perfect, right? That's what James is saying. Verse 3, if we put bits into the mouth of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole body as well. So with a horse, there's this little bar that you put in a horse's mouth 
then the reins are connected to the bit. And if you pull on one side, it pulls the horse's mouth. If you have, if you just take your fingers and you stick them in both sides of your mouth and you pull real hard on one side, your head is going to turn that way. Why? Because it's painful. It's uncomfortable. That's how we guide horses. So I, I don't really like that image because I feel bad for the horse. I love horses, by the way. They are just, I, I think of them as gentle giants. Okay, let's keep going here. So first three again. If we put bits into the mouths of a horse so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. So the word of God needs to be a bit in our mouth. It will guide us. It will guide us. Now, the word of God, it, it's in our mind, but we are so, just like the children of Israel in the Old Testament, we are so easy to forget what the Bible says. Verse 4, look at the ships also. Though they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the wind, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So if you look at some of, especially older ships, like sail ships, they have a rudder and it's a small little thing, but you can move that whole ship wherever you want it to go. And that's what he's saying here. You got to listen. You got to listen to, and I think he's kind of talking a little bit about your conscience because your conscience is that little, still small voice, maybe even the Holy Spirit. And he, you have to listen to that and allow that to guide your life. Verse five. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. So in chapter two, James was talking about the tongue and, and it's, it's deadly. The tongue, the tongue can bring just untold amounts of damage. And we all have a tongue. Well, most of us have a tongue, I guess. <laughs> Some people probably don't, but it, it can be so destructive. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. The tongue is such a small thing in our body, but it it has the the ability to destroy lives, to destroy people. Verse 6, and the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body setting on fire the entire course of life and set on fire by hell. Our tongue is part of our flesh. I mean, our whole body is our flesh. So our mind is our flesh and what our mind thinks comes out of our mouth. And we have the ability to just destroy people with our mouth. And it says here that the tongue is set on fire by hell because it's our flesh. Our flesh is sinful. Every kind of beast and bird. Oops, I'm sorry. Verse six again. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. Our tongue, it oftentimes just says very unrighteous, mean, nasty things. 
The tongue is a set among our members. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life. There's, over the last few weeks, my son has been homeschooling, and so, and he's 13. So I don't know if you all have ever had a 13-year-old, if you remember when you were 13. We're pretty much idiots when we're 13. And so my son, sometimes I'll be joking around and I'll say, no, do it this way, dummy. You know, trying to, to be joking, but it, it's, it, it's not joking. It's a bad word to use. The word dummy is a bad word to use. And I've heard of studies of parents who name their child like stupid. They actually name their child stupid. And after that child was grown up, they didn't know much of anything. They were liter- they literally became what their parents called them. And I don't want to be that, but that's, this is where I was at. And so I recognized this a few nights ago because I said it again, jokingly to my son, but I was like, I'm sorry. I told him, I'm sorry. I should not be using that word. It's a bad word. I don't want to use that word. I don't think you're a dummy. And so that's, that's the tongue. The tongue just blurts things out. We have to be careful with the tongue because it is, it is just set on fire by hell. Verse 7, for every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. Verse 8, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. James is saying here, there's nobody that has been able to tame the tongue. Men can tame beasts, they can tame animals, they can tame lions. They have yet to be able to tame the tongue. It just comes, it's full of evil, full of deadly poison. Verse 9, with it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. We talk bad about people. We, we gossip about people. We, we, we say slanderous things about people. We're, we're just mean. We can be mean to people. We judge people with our mouth. And, and James is saying here, we praise the Lord. That we praise our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. And with that same tongue, we curse our fellow man. Verse 10. From the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not be so. If we are believers in Jesus Christ, we should be transforming. And that's what reading God's word helps us to do. It helps us to transform. Will we ever be perfect here on this earth? No, we're not going to be. We won't be perfect on this earth until Jesus comes back and we are restored. When sin is conquered, death is destroyed, that is when we will be perfect and we will be able to tame our tongue. 
But until then, we're not there, but we can strive to get there more and more every day by reading the word of God, by renewing our mind. Our mind is connected to our tongue. Verse 9, or I'm sorry, verse 10. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not be so. Verse 11. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Does fresh water come from the ocean? No. Can you get fresh water in the ocean? No. Same thing with a spring. If you've ever seen a spring, springs are typically fresh water. You ever had a saltwater spring? I'm sure there is some. You can't get both from the same spring. It doesn't work that way. And that's what James is saying here. This should not be so. We should not be spitting out curses with our tongue and praising the Lord at the same time with the same tongue. It doesn't seem right. It's not right. Verse 12, can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. So, we need to be renewing. Let's keep going here. I think we've James has kind of gotten the point across here. That's one thing I really like about James is that he, he kind of puts things in story form or example form. And so, a lot of these things, it, it's kind of hard to break down verse by verse because it's a whole section of verses that he takes and to explain one thing, one concept. Let's keep going. Verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. So in verse 2, James talks about works and faith. And now he's just going back to that. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in meekness and wisdom. If you don't have works that go along with your faith, that prove your faith, then your faith is worthless. It's, it's, you, you don't have the faith. And last week I talked about a lot of people who are in the church, especially if they're wealthy, instead of giving of their time, really costing them something, really costing them something valuable, which is time, they throw money at a situation. I think giving your time is much more costly. And I think that is what James is talking about. Verse 14. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. If you're, if you're jealous of someone, if you're, being, if you're just doing something out of selfishness, like, I hope people see me do this. I hope people see me taking out the trash at church. You know, that's why I'm doing this, you know. I hope they see me doing it because I want that praise. Then you're doing it for the absolute wrong reason. And you're, you're false. That's false truth. That's falseness. Verse 15. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. 
that type of selfishness, that type of of thinking is not from God. That is from the evil one. He says it's unspiritual and demonic. It's earthly. Stop thinking that way. Again, it comes back to reading the word of God, transforming your mind. Verse 17, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy, good fruits, impartial, and sincere. If you're open to reason, if you truly want to change, if you want to tame the tongue, first, wisdom from above, from God, is first pure. It has no selfish motives. It has no jealousy. Then it's peaceable. It's it's peaceful. Then it's gentle. It's not harsh. It's gentle. So often we can be very harsh with our tongue. Then it's open to reason. I am that's partly why I do this podcast is I want to be open to reason. I want you guys to message me. I want you to talk to me about the about what we what I talk about here on the podcast cuz I'm open to reason. I want to learn. And I hope you guys want to learn. And the best way to learn is to have a conversation, to argue amongst ourselves, not not in a not in a selfish, self-absorbed way, but in a way that desires to learn not saying that I have the right answer, not saying that you have the right answer, but that together through our talking and conversing about what we're studying, we come to the right answer together. Then it's full of mercy. It's full of grace. Maybe you're wrong. Okay. I'm sorry, but you're wrong. I still love you. I let me show you what I think is right. It's full of mercy. and good fruits. So when you have this desire, this wisdom, this desire for wisdom to, to tame the tongue, it it's full of good fruits. The good fruits come from your desire to, to study the word, to, to be better. And then it also produces impartial impartiality and sincerity. You're not partial to one thing or the other. You're here to learn. You want that wisdom so that you can learn to tame the tongue so you can learn and grow and be a better person and to become more Christ-like. It's, it's, it doesn't show partiality and it's sincere in its desire. And then verse 18 And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. When we come together and we study the word together and we can argue amongst ourselves, we can we can debate about what we each think the the author is saying. In the end. That, that seeking wisdom, that, that seeking the truth, it, it brings a harvest of righteousness. 
and it is sown in peace. We want peace. We not, we're not here just to argue about it. I'm not just here to argue with you about this. I want peace. I want, I want righteousness. I want knowledge of what God is like, of who he wants me to be. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So together, as we work through the scripture, our goal is to, be, is to have peace, is to sow peace and to harvest peace and to come to that understanding of wisdom and knowledge in God's word. And that, my friends, is the end of chapter 3. James is a little difficult because he, he has a through line of thoughts that go through the entire book, and he jumps back and forth, and it, at least I think he does, and it, 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 it's a little confusing. But I'm going to tell you, there is so much wisdom in the book of James. You know, James was the half-brother of Jesus. And so there, he lived with Jesus. He grew up with Jesus. So he, he has this, this understanding of this stuff that many other people don't have. There are some scholars that believe that James was actually the first book of the Bible, of the New Testament, that was written after Jesus' death. It wasn't the Gospels. Many, many scholars think James was the first book. So that could be, I don't know, but we can still glean so much wisdom and understanding from the book of James. And I hope you guys are enjoying it so far. I'm enjoying reading through it. Uh, I read like this week, I read chapter three every single day. Next week, I'm going to read chapter four every single day. And the next week after that, I'm going to read chapter five every single day because I want to get the best understanding that I can. And I encourage you guys to do the same thing. I know it can seem repetitive. I know it can seem like, like boring when you read the same passage over and over and over and over again, but that's how we get it ingrained in our, into our minds and into our hearts is by reading it and studying it and absorbing it. And so I encourage you guys, if you're just reading the Bible, but you're not studying the Bible, I encourage you to study the Bible. Get yourself a good commentary. I personally use the Believer's Bible Commentary. Uh, you can buy it on Amazon. It's like 30 bucks. It's a huge book. You don't have to read it cover to cover. You can pick a book of the Bible and it has it split up as books of the Bible, and you can go through and it breaks down verses for you and gives commentary on it. It's very good. I really enjoy it. I like it a lot. And it's just helpful to bring new insight to what the author of whatever book you're reading or passage you're reading is talking about. All right, guys, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. I would appreciate your prayers on the truck situation. Hopefully they will get it done today. As soon as I'm off of here, I got to call the dealership again because they have not called me back yet. 
But guys, I hope you have had a you're having a great week. I hope you you've had a great month. I hope that you're going into July with a renewed energy and a new focus on your business, on your life, on your family, and on your spiritual walk especially. All right guys, thanks so much for listening. I will see you in the next Faith Friday episode.